Welcome to the Church Butler Lunch and Learn podcast. We help you put social media to work for your church. Social media is your opportunity to engage your community all week long, reach new people, and start new conversations. Every week, we bring you a dose of practical, tactical, skill-building training as we talk to communicators, church leaders, and members of our team. Are you ready? Let's get to today's session. Hey everybody, it is Kenny Jang here in the midst of COVID-19. Feels like um, a mini documentary series or something like that. I've got my friend um, Brian Buford from Boston, Massachusetts. Actually from Avon, right? Avon, Massachusetts. Avon, Massachusetts. Uh, Sitting in a um, preschool area, it looks like. We're on Zoom today uh, at Kids Check-In. I believe this is the kids check-in area for preschool at Grace Church, thatgrace.org, right? Yep. Thatgrace.org. Um, so, Brian, we were just on the phone, and I said, this is one of those times. There's so many things that are happening this week. We're like, we should be, we should be recording this and sharing this with some other people because there's a lot of great creative brainstorming and um, conversations that we're having with different church peers this week, I was, in a, I was in a Zoom call with, I think, eight other people today. I was in a, um, a strategic planning meeting with leadership of a local church today. I was in a podcast interview today. I mean, there's so many conversations going on. And I want to share and share and share because there's so many good ideas coming out of these conversations. So anyway, Brian, let's get back to what you were talking about. Um, you were talking about specifically a phenomenon, I guess, of how people are experiencing, because I just, uh, we were talking with some clients down south in um, Alabama and Florida today, and they actually sounded like this was a big hoax, or they weren't concerned at all, the threat level is nothing. I talked to someone in California yesterday, and they, I think they interrupted me five times, Brian, during the conversation saying, Kenny, 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 you are not taking this thing seriously enough. Kenny, you are not ta- like they literally inter intervened in my conversation with them because they thought I was too casual about what is going on. Yeah, and then you made this interpretation, which I thought was really interesting. Can you just repeat it, and then we can we can just go from there. Yeah, I mean, two two weeks ago, right? We were in the same as your friend in Alabama or, or Florida. I was like, I don't know if this is a big thing. Well, now, I mean, Boston's essentially shut down restaurants, bars, everything's shut down. Uh, so I, I think as you observe what's happening across the country, it seems like the West coast is leading. The East coast is two weeks behind whatever the West coast is doing. And then middle America, the rest of America is a couple weeks behind, uh, behind the East coast. So I think two weeks ago, we have some friends in California. They started to change how they were doing church, bringing it online doing a lot more community engagement things around uh, the coronavirus. And then, you know, then it happened in Boston. And now we went from a couple of cases to, I don't even know how many cases are here and our local governments are shutting everything down and, uh, you know, voluntary social distancing and all that kind of stuff. And so now we're calling the churches in California and saying, what are you guys doing? You guys are a couple of weeks ahead of us. How are you handling this? How are you communicating this to people? What language, what verbiage are you using? Things like that. And so I think the vast majority of churches probably aren't caught up to what 
East Coast and West Coast is doing. But I think give it another two weeks, and I bet I bet the rest of the country will be in similar situations to what we find ourselves in right now on the East Coast and West Coast. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that's a great way to look at it, and it'll it's it'll be interesting to see it play out in the next couple of weeks. Even Katie Allred, who's down in Alabama, they um, you know they she's working at a college as a faculty. They had spring break; they extended spring break one week. She's converting everything into online as faculty, so they're doing what everything else. You know, my daughter's in Northeast school. Uh, my kids, my other son here in high school, they're all going online. The colleges all in the Northeast have said that you're not coming back to campus for the rest of the school year. Um, yeah. But, you know, down south in Alabama and Mobile, um, that hasn't happened yet. And so I feel like you're right about that, that delayed effect. It, time will only tell, I guess, uh, what's going to actually happen there. Uh, but this was my challenge at the beginning of the conversation with you is, you know, um, I think there's a spectrum of urgency of churches now feeling the pain and the race to get their services online. Um, but do they really need to get everything online absolutely by this coming Sunday, right? And we're in a seven-day production cycle. Um, is it critical to translate all your ministry fronts online immediately within the next five days? Uh, because that's for most organizations, most churches, um, they don't have the resources or bandwidth or budget to do that, right? Right. Um, but you were saying that you guys are doing some creative things that um, are in that middle mi midpoint. Um, and I'd love to hear just like maybe some other things that you're doing, like for your, for your kids' ministry, your children's ministry, which usually gets left out of church online and live streaming, right? All the live streaming church online I've seen most clear majority of it 80 90 95 percent if more uh, ignore the fact that they're they're little humans on this planet right? yeah. they they don't have they don't have problem with programming for tiny humans and yeah. so um you know that that's the question but what, do, what are you guys doing in terms of translating the family yeah, so, kids so this all this all happened in the last six hours um was so we have three locations and yep. some, three different kids ministry directors and uh they all got an email from orange saying that all the orange curriculum and the videos specifically the worship countdown teaching videos uh are all they they've waived the licenses there's there's no licenses for the next month wow and so that means that you can post them online right that you anyone can use them you can post them online and so the kids ministry directors got together and they're like man how can we bring kids church to the house and so they came up with some cool ideas that were i mean your pushback was why do they why do you feel like you have to do it now i don't feel like i have to do it now but i think it's a great idea that will help every family in our church so to me it's worth the sprint to get it done as fast as we can because i think it'll really help a lot of people um, but what we're doing is so thursday we're having a guy come in you know he's a a uh, big personality guy that the kids love. He teaches one of our locations first through third grade. Um, his name's Mike and he's actually a Boston cop, but he, he's this larger than life character and he's funny. And but he's going to come in and he's going to shoot uh, an intro and an outro for the preschool and the elementary uh, curriculums for the next month. So he's going to, he's going to, we're going to shoot a couple videos with him. Probably takes like maybe an hour or two. I'm talking super short, a minute intro, 
two minute intro, maybe a minute on the back end. And so what they're doing is he's just introing, hey guys, we miss you. We glad that you're watching this at home. Um, here's what we're talking about this week. Here's the bottom line. And let's go into um, you know some fun songs. And then it goes into the worship songs that they have for kids ministry already. It goes right into the, the teaching video that we use every week that the kids are used to. At the end of that, he gets back up and says, you know, thanks for watching. Here's, you know, the bottom line again. But then he's going to go into talking to the parents on, here's a craft you can do. Come to the church. We're going to have craft kits ready for you so you can just drive by and pick them up. So you can do the crafts at home. And then we're also doing uh, social challenges for all the families. So I think what they're talking about this next week is um, the guy who built his house on the sand or on the rocks. And so the challenge that we're going to do for the families is uh, build a fort as a family and then comment. We're posting all of this on Facebook and then comment below with a picture of your family's fort. And we're going to give you a, a gift card for the family to a trampoline park for the, the family that has the best fort. And so they'll get to see all their friends from church and their families and their forts and stuff like that. We're kind of creating that connection that a lot of people are going to be missing with quarantine and stuff like that. And so I think that'll help. The biggest thing, and I'm sure every church struggles with this, right, is the fact that we know as church leaders that it's not our job to disciple their kids. It's the parents' job ultimately to disciple their kids. And us as church leaders, we're there to resource them. Well, for us, this going online is really forcing that dynamic, yeah. forcing that shift. We literally are not having kids church. So you as a parent have to disciple your kids. And here are the resources that we can give you to help you do that. So I think it's actually a good thing for the church that this is happening. I think it's forcing a lot of churches to go online where they've been ignoring online. And it's going to force a lot of parents, specifically talking about parents right now, it's going to force a lot of parents to actually take ownership of discipleship for their kids and not just ditch it on the church and just church be a weekend thing. So. I love that idea of doing a fort contest, upload a video uh, because it's something that you can get involved with your kids or the kids can spend all day on it. And we're going to do that every week. There's going to be a new challenge, a social challenge for everyone every week. Gotcha. And we're going to post that we're going to post that video on Saturday, Saturday night. And then in the online service that we're doing, the pastor is actually going to going to talk about that in his wrap up. So he's going to talk about, hey, go to our Facebook page. And you're here. We're probably actually going to we were just talking about this before my phone call with you. I think what we're actually going to do is put a link on our we have a, a live page that has all these links to different things, prayer requests, life groups all that stuff, the Facebook Live uh, post and church online. We're also going to have a link then for kids. <coughs> we'll also have a link on there for kids that will just link straight to that Facebook post directly so they don't have to go search for it. And then they can just comment below with their picture of their board or whatever. Have you ever heard of the uh, application called Wish Pond? Wish Pond. Uh, no, it sounds familiar, but so it it basically is a it does widgets and stuff like that, and one of the things it manages is photo contests that engages their fans and all the followers and stuff like that. Basically, um, 
you can run the photocast on you know instagram or facebook your website etc and people vote on them and you know so there's a whole gallery as soon as someone sends up this gallery that's made etc you might look into that cool. um yeah it integrates with it integrates with um instagram and facebook so and your website so gotcha so then the families could vote on the forward or whatever that they think is best that's yeah. cool yeah um yeah, and you can set it for, you know, X number of days and there's all that, right? So then it just makes it easy to manage all that for you. Um, pretty cool. Uh, I, I think, and then you had another idea of um, something on the front lawns and doing a tour. Oh, yeah. So we, we this was just a local parent uh, on one of the, like, mommy groups in town. But what they're doing is they're, they're, they're collecting all these addresses of families that are going to decorate their house in whatever theme. So I think our family is actually going to do some kids books that our kids love. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Narwhal and Jelly. Yeah. Narwhal. We're going to do a Narwhal and Jelly uh, themed house. So we're going to decorate our house like Narwhal and Jelly. We're going to post our address to this lady who's putting together a whole list. And then uh, I think in two weeks, she's going to post the addresses. And so you as a family can just drive around and go to see all these houses that are decorated in different themes. So they might be holidays or they might be movies or they might be, it's going to be a whole bunch of different stuff, but it's just something cool that you can get out there and do with your family. And so for us, it's a project that we can do as a family, but then we get to participate with all the other families in the neighborhood and stuff. That's pretty cool. Imagine if there was like a, a hint in every single house that like a code or something like that, that you then put together and you get a prize or something like that. I don't know, that, oh, that like a scavenger hunt almost. Yeah. Something like that. Right. That would be pretty cool. Seven, you know, or like a where's Waldo. There's gotta be a Waldo in every single one. And then you take a picture yeah. of the wall. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, the other thing that we were talking about this morning with one of the churches I'm working with is, um, you know, um, finding, well, everyone's home now, right? And the kids are home and they still have to go to school and there's gonna be online learning and all that kind of stuff. Um, how do you get the help that you need? One of the things, the ideas that came up is, can you find subject matter teachers, you know, uh, science and math and English and stuff like that, and then offer, you know, like Facebook Live office hours. So the kids all pop on, they can answer and a ask questions of each other, or you can do it in a Facebook group uh, for homework help. And so I think they've found even within 24 hours, they've got volunteers on every subject except for, I think, one. And they're looking for one. Um, yeah. And then they're going to go forward like that. I think that's a, that's a great one. The other one um, that, I, that I'm kind of ripping off from Jeff Henderson's four book, right? Um, he's, he's the author of that. And unfortunately, his four conference just got canceled uh, because of all this. But um, what they do in, in, for Gwinnett Church, where he's the pastor, is they're taking this video team and they're visiting local merchants. So the, the latest video I saw, they went into a, like an Italian restaurant and, you know, they had a host and the host, you know, interviewed the owners. It was a couple that owned the place and it was, you know, like an Italian place or something like that. And then they sat down and they started eating the food and they just chatted with the owners for the, you know, the history and all this kind of stuff. So you got to know the owner's personality and then invited everyone to patronize them. Right. Um, and so um, in this, I guess, environment of 
when small businesses are potentially going to hit hard because of this? I know, I don't know about in your area, but in my town, as of 8 p.m. last night, restaurants are closed. They're only allowed to do takeout or delivery. Yep. Um, and then I just got an email from one local restaurant. They're saying that they are even offering contactless pickup and contactless delivery, meaning they'll uh, bring it to curbside and put it on a table or something like that. And then you can pick it like you literally will not be in proximity to another human being while you're picking it up. Or if they do delivery, you can provide specific instructions of where to leave it and they'll text you as soon as they leave uh, wow. so that you can open the door and pick it up. But small businesses are going to be hit throughout the next couple of weeks. And so using that type of, um, you know, opportunity to help celebrate and help provide visibility for local merchants um, is, was another idea. Because most churches that are of a decent size do have video teams, production teams, right? And so what do you do with that excess capacity potentially? Um, that is one thing. What, what's another idea of going back to the family ministry, kids ministry, any other ideas there in terms of brainstorming for how they can uh, connect with their online audiences? One other idea that we had was, you know, starting watch parties um, yep. and offering them that. And then again, what was the, I'm uh, sorry, going back to the, what was the publisher curriculum that you talked about that waived the licenses for online viewing? Orange curriculum. Orange. Okay. Yeah. I believe we were also online today with uh, Worship House Media. They did the same thing. So Orange Curriculum, you obviously, uh, it would be great to even take some of those videos and, and schedule, right? Um, some of the content online. Yeah. One of the things that we're planning locally for a church is to basically, and this is what I've been preaching all the time, right? Video is the new black. Um, you need to respond to how culture consumes content and culture right now is consuming content in terms of video. And you got to think of yourself as um, a media uh, publisher at this point, right? This is Netflix nation and we got to uh, address them that way. And so how do you start to light up Facebook live shows, almost like a TV grid um, for every day part um, on your, on your uh, Facebook page or Facebook group? and and attract people there so that when people are online they can always hop in somewhere meet someone live either in the commenting etc or interacting with a host that's live um and so children's curriculum is one of those things where especially you know uh, a lot of people resort to parenting by ipad if you know that phenomenon <laughs> um especially when kids wake up early in the morning if they're waking up at six seven eight in the morning <laughs> Um, parents say, hey, take the iPad and just be quiet for a while. Why not direct them to quality programming um, and start to program some of that stuff um, in the early mornings when kids wake up or in the afternoons or in the evenings? Um, yeah. So that was another, another idea that came up, um, both, both recorded and then just those pre-programmed packages that you can get from Orange and all the other places. Well, even one of the things that we're doing is we're kind of looking at from a from a, if people are involved in business, then they know this term, but the church doesn't really use this term, but content marketing, right? Where you are creating content and then you're driving ads to that content and then retargeting that audience that, that engages with that content. So we're doing that with kids ministry stuff. So uh, because we're not having weekend services, there's a lot of hours that have been freed up with, worship people with kids ministry with mm. people all these things so we're looking at 
how can we use those hours to get something productive done? And so one of the things that our kids ministry directors are doing is they're gathering uh, resources for parents based on age group. And so we're gonna be running ads to those different articles, right? Here's seven things to do with your second grader while you're at home, right? So then we'll be running ads to those blog posts. And then anyone that has seen those kids' uh, kids blog posts Resources, right? throughout the week gets retargeted with the kids' ministry video posts that we have on Saturday, right? So not only was Grace Church valuable to you throughout the week by giving you different things to do with your kids throughout the week, but now we have something on the weekend that, man, you want to teach your kids integrity, honesty, um, all those different character traits. Even a non-Christian would say, yes, I value building character with my kids and honesty is a good character trait. Mm. Why not look at what Grace Church has to offer on teaching my kids integrity? Or actually this week I think is forgiveness. Okay, yeah, that's a, that's a value that even unbelievers or non-church people would say is, is valuable. And so that's just one more touch, right, that we have. And then if they love the kids stuff, why wouldn't they watch online our church service as well? So we're, that's Absolutely. another area that we're trying to ramp up is our content marketing. We do it a little bit already, but now I think people are going to be online like crazy over the next couple of weeks. So we need to ramp that up. Yep. Um, the other, the other thing is um, I think sometimes churches lose, you know, lose view of the fact that people are not thinking about Jesus 24 seven, like we are. Right. Um, and um, in terms of relationship building, you need to be, you know, two, two steps a little more generous and more empathetic to them than yourself in order to be successful in most relationships, right? To be attractional and engaging. And so um, looking at from the parent's point of view, I, I love the fact that your idea of, you know, giving them exercises and things you can do at home, you know, um, it, and Imagine if you plan that out where on a regular basis, every single Monday, you release a new project for the week, or even if it's a daily thing, and you can crowdsource, you could, you could source a lot of stuff on the internet and everything doesn't need to be custom created by yourself, right? You can point to right. other things. So for instance, that Ford idea, imagine if one, this week you're talking about forts and, um, you know, you, you gather, and I'm sure there's a lot of do it yourself, you know, plans and videos for how to make the coolest forts. Um, imagine sending a whole resource bunch of links and PDFs or, or just organizing or repackaging it to make it useful for people. Um, I think that would be great. Uh, you know, there's so brainstorming 20 of those and then yeah. pulling together 20, 20 packages that you can deliver, say, Monday through Friday um, every single week. That would easily, instantly become popular because parents talk to parents, right? Kids talk to kids. And, um, it's gonna. It's it's inevitable if your kids are building a fort and you're on the phone with a friend in town, uh, they'll be asking, "What are you doing with your kids?" You know, all day. I'm I'm pulling out my hair, right? Because a parent, and you'll be you'll be saying, "Hey, my kids are building a fort right now." You can hear them playing in the background. They've been working on it for two hours, and you know, in fact, it's so easy because um, you know my church has been sending me all these ideas every day of how to keep them busy and entertained, etc. Um, you can, you can get on the list and they send it to you every day, right? So that, that, 
that really happens, right? That is a legitimate thing that happens. Word of mouth um, is radically useful. I got a text from my wife today. She said two things happen. One, she sent me a picture of our linen closet door that's off its hinges. I don't know how that happened. And then the other one is we have an eight-person tent set up in our living room right now. So I think they, they got the word on the on the fort, and they're already starting. I don't know how that tent even fit in our living room, but. Oh, it's like, a, it's like an eight-person? Yeah, it's this giant Coleman tent that is, I don't know how they did that. I think that, yeah. So she's part of that group that was talking about the forts so i wonder if she got started early on the fort but how fun is that it has some purpose direction loving it right now right and they're totally distracted from the fact that they're not supposed to be outside and going into public places the usual routine etc um it's almost like a mini vacation for them i guess yeah well those are the types of things i think that we have to think of that hey it's not that you have to build a a tent that Jesus was in or right. Like you don't need to over Christianize every single thing that you're helping your neighbors with. Right. Right. Um, what we want to do is help them where they are. So I, I think that's the challenge. I think with most in, in this content marketing that we're trying to teach um, our peers is that just because you're church doesn't mean that you have to talk about Jesus in every single sentence. You will not go to hell if you omit Jesus in every other sentence, right? Like you, yeah. One of the um, other things that we're talking about doing, which we haven't fully fleshed out yet, but probably in the next week or two, we'll end up doing it is, I mean, we have expert leaders in different genres in our church, right? So um, what we're thinking through is, can we get three or four of those experts in a specific field to do a Facebook Live? on our Facebook page, on our, on our church's page. And so some of the things that we've been thinking through is like uh, financial advisors. We have two or three pretty well-known financial advisors in our church that work in downtown Boston. Can we get them on a call and literally just, how would you help people that are facing financial troubles yeah. with this shutdown, right? And so getting some of their input. Uh, another thing that we talked about is like um, uh, adolescent or, uh, you know, children counselors. If your kids have questions about some of these things that they're hearing on the news, how can you handle that? It's nothing about Jesus, but we're just being a resource to families, right? Or if it's, um, we thought about getting a couple of uh, guys that have started multiple businesses and doing kind of a roundtable discussion on if you're quarantined for the next two or three weeks and you want to start a business, this is the perfect time while you're working at home to try to get your side hustle going. Um, things like that. So we're trying to think through how can we be a resource to people in general, not just. Yeah, absolutely. So um, this morning was in the discussion. Um, there is a, a singer in a congregation. And so I believe the gentleman has volunteered to give singing lessons online to the kids and teach them some songs and things like that and that evolved into a project that i i really hope this is going to happen uh we've done it once before in another church another context but a virtual choir imagine over the next couple because you know the kids are home for two three weeks at least 
Yeah. Um, imagine picking a song, teaching the song every day, and then eventually everyone gets to record their part. You upload all of them, and then you have the video team, right? Synchronize all of them together, and it becomes a virtual choir for a virtual song, right? And, and you have some uplifting song that's, you know, some message, some cool song. Um, I think, first of all, I think knowing children's ministry, that's definitely doable. Kids love singing songs and learning new songs and routines, if, especially if you do the body motions, et cetera. Um, I think there's, there's something to, to, to that, that kids love um, that type of corporate activity. Um, and then pulling together as a project is just, just a fun thing to see yourself on video and all that kind of stuff. So yeah. using experts in your congregation to produce stuff like this, I think is, is a really great resourcing of talents, you know, get putting their faith into action. Right. Basically. Now here's my question. Here's the big thing that I'm saying. Um, why all this kind of stuff is not, um, disaster dependent, is it? Why haven't the churches been doing all this stuff? All this stuff is great. They're, they're amazing stuff that they're engaging. They are providing resources. It's taking a fact of, um, you know, what's uh, Gary V says, this is the attention economy, right? Attention is the most valuable uh, commodity right now, uh, valuable resource that someone has. Why hasn't this been happening? It goes back to the whole thing we were talking about earlier. I think this is good for the church. They, they're forced to do it now. It was easy to just do what it is that you grew up doing well now you have to do something different and i mean this was a discussion that we had yesterday with our pastoral team but we had all these ideas on the whiteboard yeah we all agreed that these are great ideas that we're all going to pursue these as hard as we can for the next couple weeks and then literally my question was so when quarantine's over we're keeping all of this right and they all said yes. I'm like, because all of this is good. We all agreed that this is going to advance the church. So this is something we're starting and we're not, we're not ending it. This is, these are new initiatives that we will continue forever from now on. So I think it's good. It's uh, one of those things, as we say in the business, never waste a crisis, right? Um, and this is the good that's coming out of it. And so I, I truly hope that, um, I guess I'll, I'll end this portion of the talk that our discussion with this one thing that I shared with a group today is that, um, back in geometry, back in math, we talked about graphing curves on a graph on a chalkboard. And usually there's a shape of the curve. There's some personality of a curve. And at some point the curve sometimes changes shape and the point that it changes the shape and direction is called the point of inflection. And we have the ability as the church to be the point of inflection for families and neighbors and our people amidst this whole pandemic and crisis that it doesn't need to be filled with anxiety and fear and doldrums and, you know, sadness and just this chaos that we can, the church can be the light and the change agents in that affliction point to change the trajectory of this. So, that we change how we respond to it, how we live our lives, how we are more 
hospitable and uh, warm and receiving to our neighbors. Um, those are the types of things that I think that we have the ability to do. Um, and hopefully every church is going to take advantage of it, right? Well, even that, so that curve that you're talking about, I don't know if you've ever done uh, Stratop, right? But they have the, the ministry life cycle, right? And it's this curve of growing, then booming, then plateauing, declining, and then you're dead, right? Well, I forget what the stat is. 87% are plateaued or declining, right? There's only 10% actually yeah. grown, and even a smaller percentage that's actually like multiplying and sending out churches. Well, so if you do that ministry life cycle thing, you're looking for that red zone of either churches that have uh, just got done booming and they're plateauing or churches that are just done plateauing and they're starting to yeah. decline a little bit, that red zone, something needs to happen that creates that inflection point that brings new life into the church. And now the church is, is growing and booming again. I think that's what this is. This is that, this is that red zone area that's going to force plateaued or declining churches to do something different. If they do something different, they'll see that inflection point and they'll start to grow again. Right. Exactly. Very good. Very good uh, reference of Stratops. I think this is the opportunity. Hopefully everyone's here to seize it. Brian, thanks for chatting with me. Um, we're going to have to do this again. I'm really glad we hit record this time. Let, just let everyone know, how can people find you and your church in particular? Uh, yeah, that's grace.org www.thatsgrace.org. And where are you guys located specifically? or And how many campuses do you have? Uh, we're just south of Boston. So everyone knows Boston, but no one knows Avon, Massachusetts. But uh, it's about 15, 20 minutes south of Boston. Um, and we're in three locations. And I was just telling you, this is this crisis, this moment is forcing us to essentially plant an online campus this week. But now... Uh, now I guess we have four locations, four campuses, so three physical and one digital. As a former church online pastor, I love hearing that. I love hearing that. Well, thanks, Brian. We'll, ch we'll chat soon. See ya. If you enjoyed today's session, please help us share resources like today's Lunch and Learn with more church communicators across the country. The best way for you to help is to thumb up this episode and leave some feedback on iTunes. It really makes a difference. And for more information on our online training platform and done-for-you social media graphic services, visit our website at www.butler.church. Connect with us on our blog, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter using our handle at thechurchbutler. Don't forget to join us every week right here for our next installment of the Church Butler Lunch and Learn podcast.